You know, there's this thing about cats. Where are they the happiest? Well, inside a box. They squeeze themselves in and then they look at you like, yes, it's perfect. This week's Maker for a Week, Jorga Lok, has something of a special relation with boxes too. One small box in particular, where she fits in just perfectly. Now, I'm not a cat, nor a circus artist, but I was so tempted to try and fit inside the box too. You'll hear how that ended in this week's episode of Circus Whispers. This is episode 6 of the second season of Circus Whispers, a podcast by Tent House for Contemporary Circus, hosted by me, Maike Muis. Each episode, I interview circus makers who get the opportunity in the Maker for a Week program of Tent to do circus research. This week's Maker for a Week, Jorga Lok. Circus means the best part of the world. There are nice people in circus, it's full of uh, inspiration. It's really a, a, a big part of my life. I feel myself in circus, I feel free. For each episode, I interview the maker for a week in the studio they're working in. This week, we're in LikeMind Studio in Amsterdam Noord. It's freezing cold outside and quite busy in the old building, so it took us some time before we found a warm spot. We had to carry Jorga's cabinet slash box down some steep stairs to get there. But now we're sitting here, on the floor next to the box. Jorga's dressed in warm sweaters and jeans, sitting cross-legged, her curly reddish hair tied back and her bright blue eyes sparkle. I asked Jorga to introduce herself. Of course, uh, my name is Jorga. I'm a circus artist from the Netherlands and yeah, I work mostly with my own company together with my boyfriend Ed. We created Fabuloka and we make mostly poetical circus performances. I like nature. I like to cook mostly vegan food. I have a daughter now, so I am also a mom. A lot of the time, actually. Ah, I like to draw and to write. So, yeah. And I like to think out of the box. I Sometimes people come to me with, um, with, a, with a question or a problem that they are a bit stuck with. And I really like to find creative solutions. To think of things that maybe sound ridiculous, but in the end can be an inspiration for, for a solution or a new idea. In 2022, Tent House for Contemporary Circus hosted six makers for a week. Jorga is the last maker of a week this year, and I asked Hanneke Meijers, one of the directors of Tent, what she's looking forward to in Jorga's research. Well, she's talking about the different women she has in her, and then she wants to develop to see where they are, and she's talking about a really dirty character and a really big character and I think this is really nice. We had a lot of application actually to deal with being female, being a woman, what this means on stage. I think we had about eight. Uh, so it's a hot topic, I think. <laughs> and Jorga really was the one who was 
connecting this really well with the circus. So not just the theme, but also with this object and this little cabinet she wants to use and that there's a female popping out at some moment. So I was really intrigued by her combining circus with with music as well, but mostly with being a woman. What does it mean? How can she use it? How would you describe Jorga as an acrobat or as a maker? Jorga is the type of person you want with you when you're creating. She's the one who's really open, nice, sweet, but also critical. Uh, but she can say this in a really lovely way. I, I love Jorga on stage. And I think as a maker, this is her first step to really do something solo. So I'm really curious about how she's developing herself as a maker. Is there an advice you would like to give to Jorga? I think she wants to sing and she's a bit afraid of it, but she should, I think. Where you're afraid to go, there lies the magic. We'll get back to this part of the research later, but let's start with the box. I found it such a great coincidence that when Jorga describes herself as being somebody who loves to think outside of the box, whilst at the same time the box we're sitting next to is the main prop or character in her research. When we just opened the box, all things were falling out. Can you describe what was in the box? Yeah, that were some things. Uh I use in my research, first was just a pair of training pants and there is my costume that I already used for the little performance I created for the labyrinth, this kind of a wedding dress, a long skirt with a lace top and then some not high heels but shoes with a little heel and there, what was there more? Let's see. <laughs> a huge teddy bear. Ah, yeah, that's true. A huge teddy bear that I was also, yeah, exploring to find some material with. I first met this box when we were doing a creation with Claudio Stellato for Rotterdam Circusstad Festival and Theater op de Markt. It was a collaboration. It was a performance where the audience literally walked through a labyrinth and they met different characters with small performances and um, uh, Claudio brought this cabinet and some other materials that we could try different things with and see what inspired us and I felt quite an attraction to this cabinet and uh, then I discovered I fit exactly inside and uh, yeah it has quite long legs also like 20-25 centimeter high legs So it's a bit just a weird thing and you can use it in many different ways. You can turn it on the side, on the back, with the legs up. There is a one side that opens. So yeah, I discovered some material with this and I made a little performance with it. And then he said, well, I'm not using it anymore. So if you want, you can keep it. So that was, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I felt that there are many more possibilities that I could explore with this cabinet so I took it and it's still with me it was quite a while ago maybe seven years or something it's quite uh yeah I still have it so if you go back to the idea you know you had to apply to become maker for a week what was in a few sentences your idea or your wish to research Yeah, I, I felt still with this cabinet that there was some 
yeah, something more to explore, some unfinished business, sort of say. And then I saw this uh, open call and I thought, this is maybe what I need to keep on working with this cabinet to explore different things that I wanted to explore. And I wanted to create different atmospheres, but still really specific with me in the same costume with this cabinet and having maybe different relationships with the cabinet or exploring a different side of my personality. Yeah, and then I wanted to present it like kind of a tapas, just different small performances following each other and maybe later to yeah, to combine them to a longer performance. It would be nice that all of the little performances can stay alone, but also can be part of a bigger story together, that they start to form connections or that after you have seen one piece, that another one, you maybe can see something more. You can interpret it in another way than just the piece alone. I'm not a circus artist, never been one too. But in my career as festival director and programmer and podcast maker, when I see a circus artist at work, I just always want to know how that feels to experience a circus technique. Maybe you recognize this desire too. In a podcast, you can't see the actual circus, but I want to take you as close as I can to the circus research, to know what circus feels like. Over the years, I've flown in the air, walked in the wheel of death, I was catapulted by a teeterboard and much more. But I never tried contortionism, because I thought, well, I'm too tall and too inflexible for that. However, this box just called my name, so I tried to squeeze myself into it. So Jorge, do you think I will fit into this cabinet? Mm, I think you were a bit taller than me, and for me it's quite tight, so actually I think not, but let's try it, no? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try anyway. Yeah. So I'm trying to get into this uh, mm -hmm. cabinet. Let's see. Just uh, putting this here. So it's it's okay. Maybe yeah, practicing makes yeah, it possible. It's better than the first time. <laughs> oh, she got some space there. Yeah. Oh, we can maybe actually. Okay, your head. Yeah. There's a bit of space, but I don't know if you can round yeah. That was fun. Despite that I'll never become a circus artist, I'm fascinated about how circus came into people's lives and what made them to choose to become a circus artist. I asked Jorga this question too. I, I was seven when I wrote in a, this kind of friendship book that you exchange in the primary school 
I wrote, what do you want to become when you grow up? I wrote uh, acrobat. And I think it's because I went quite often to the more classical circus with my grandparents and I really enjoyed that. But of course, I didn't know at all what kind of circuses you had. What what does it what does it mean to be an acrobat? What do you need to do? But from that time already, I said I want to be an acrobat. And then what happened? How did you become an acrobat? <laughs> yeah, I searched for a circus close to where I lived, but there was no circus so close that I could have that I could follow classes. But when I was 14, then. I was uh, old enough to travel by public transport to Rotterdam. I lived in Zoetermeer, so it took me uh, one and a half hour maybe to get there for the classes. I felt so much at home since I found that place. It felt like I I was already a circus kid, but without doing circus. I knew inside of me that I wanted to do that all the time. It never stopped that I didn't want to become a circus artist. I had all those... Um, this friendship bracelets and um, and I came there and everybody had these bracelets. I wore a lot of colorful clothes and then I came there and people wore colorful clothes and I felt so much at home when I came there. So uh, the first year, yeah, I was just in a kind of beginner group for my age and then directly the second year I went to the performance group and I went to Rotterdam for like three or four nights a week to practice I had a great teacher at the youth circus Michelle Lindner and he gave me exercises that I could do every morning before school it was like 20-25 minutes some stretches some uh, push-ups some handstand exercises and I think that really made me pass the audition for the professional circus school afterwards because I was 18 after my high school I went to Sweden to Dock in Stockholm and there I was three years until I had my Bachelor of Circus. Yeah, and then, yeah, then you're not a circus artist yet after circus school. I felt that it was quite a gap between the circus school, you graduate, and then you have to find work. You have to, yeah, to make your artistic products and to to sell it and to make, uh, yeah, to make people get to know you. This week, Jorga did something out of the box for herself. For the first time she graduated, almost a decade ago, she's working completely on her own. I knew from the beginning that that would be a challenge because I didn't have someone to um, talk about the ideas with, to share, yeah, to share inspiration or also to sometimes push you a bit further or to come on, keep on uh, going, something like this. And um, the first day or two, it was actually really hard. I uh, felt quite alone in the studio. And um, yeah, the first day that was uh, quite hard and I didn't know so much where to start. And it was, yeah, it was a bit complicated. But then after I started to, yeah, I, I felt I needed to push myself a bit more and to keep on going a bit further, even though I didn't know where it was going. And then I found ways that did work. And I found some material that I afterwards was, ah, that was really cool. And then I get more inspiration and I could continue from there. I realized since the Corona time 
that my life was not only circus, because the circus part not really stopped, but it got a bit more on the background. And then I've, I realized more, or realized I knew I was a woman, but different sides of being a woman. And then I also had the space in my mind to think about a baby, for example. So um, it had, yeah, maybe it's a little bit because of Corona, that circus was less on the f- on the um, on my mind all the time. I had this baby, and I feel more. Um, yeah, I'm thinking more of the different sides of myself, without just thinking circus or acrobatics. And I have, for this research, thought of different sides of me as a woman, and this thing that I'm carrying the cabinet. It's inspired by me being a mother. So the cabinet, I don't want to really show that I'm carrying a baby, but that's the inspiration for this piece. And basically the game is that I carefully and in a soft manner try to manage this cabinet on my body in different ways and um, making it feel comfortable, not touching the floor and trying to manipulate it in different ways and making it feel comfortable. Yeah. Jorge showed me how she works with the cabinet. It took her a couple of times before she could squeeze herself under it and then lift it up and carry it like sort of a snail with her house on her back or a turtle. But it was also a bit cat-like, you know, the way they squeeze themselves in a place where they don't actually fit. And then, when she managed, She ran around with the cabinet on her back, really sturdy and strong, like sort of a backpack, and then shifting it to her belly to carry it differently. And do you use voice as well? Um, I don't know yet. It could be. It could be that I use some singing with the music that Ed's making, that for example he passes by or I pass by. His uh, microphone could do something with voice there. Also, I was um, planning on researching that while I'm carrying the cabinet, that I'm maybe uh, something like soothing a baby. But on the other hand, I don't want it to be too much that I'm telling a story so clearly. But... Yeah, I still want to try it. Also, when when I'm doing repeatedly the same move with the cabinet on me, that's quite heavy. Then it could be also singing to myself, like to comfort myself and to tell myself, okay, you can do it. It's all right. Uh, And maybe I got quite some bruises also from this cabinet. And uh, maybe the, the breath is going faster. You start to sweat when I'm really carrying it and trying to put it on my shoulder, for example, when I'm standing. It's, yeah, it's quite heavy still. And then to combine that with a very soft kind of lullaby singing. And maybe even with the um, more the vulgar type, I was doing some... Uh, yeah. Also with the mouth, like with the tongue out, so sounds like that. Felt that it fitted there, but yeah, it's an ongoing process. I don't know yet. I have plans or ideas for that that I want to explore, but I don't know yet if it will, yeah, if it will work. And does it give you a taste for more 
this uh, this new experience of creating on your own? Um, I really would like to continue with this. Also because now that I got the flu, I had to stop in the middle of my research and I had quite some plans for the for the next half. Um, and then I can imagine that I create a longer performance with this material. And now you perform also in a different performance called Be Kind for Babies. Do you take inspiration from that as well to this performance? Yeah, it's very different. The performing for babies. This thing I'm working on here with Maker for a Week is definitely not created for babies. It's uh, more for adults. Mm, I think something that I can take with me from the from Be Kind, the performance for babies, is how there you need to be super, super aware of your audience, of how they are reacting, of what they are doing, because the babies can also crawl on the stage, for example, while we're doing acrobatics or juggling. So you have to be super aware. And I like this way of connecting with the audience. So this, yeah, this I will definitely use in the rest of my work, in my work and also in this research. I think it's really interesting to focus on, as an artist, on the audience and to try to really understand how they are receiving what you're doing, how they are reading you. This is the last episode of Maker for a Week in 2022. The makers of a week for 2023 have just been selected and presented. That's why I asked Jorga if she had a piece of advice for the next year's makers for a week. Advice? Yeah, maybe that's it's really for you. This research or whatever you really want to do in this Maker for a Week project is really for you. You're not doing this for tent or for promoters or for whatever. You should really use it or you are free or welcome to use it the way you want to use it. And don't feel too much pressure. I think Jorga's days have been a good start to research further. She's been inside and outside of the box, she found new solutions and inspirations during her research, and it gave her a taste for more. And it gave me a new experience too. This was the sixth and final episode of the second season of Circus Whispers. I hope you've enjoyed this season. Thanks very much for listening. We'd love to hear what you think of this series. Drop us a line or a message on Insta via Muismaiker or Tent Circus. Circus Whispers is a production of Tent House for Contemporary Circus, hosted, produced and edited by me, Maike Muis. Big word of thanks to Jorga Lok, Hanneke Meijers, Jait Metin and the whole team of Tent. The makers of a week in 2022 are Petra and Felix, Arend de Jonge, Jam Shenanigans, Harvey Kopp, Maria Madeira and Jorga Lok. Tent is supported by the Amsterdam Fonds for de Kunsten, Dutch Performing Art Fund and Prins Bernhard Cultuurfonds. More info via tent.eu. So